Welcome to the Shiro Show. It's Friday. I'm Saturn Dave, and this is my cohort, Patrick Trainoco. Uh, he goes going, by a lot guys? of different aliases, but we'll just call Patrick him. Uh, we'll call Trinoco. him late for dinner. Uh, yeah, no. Welcome to the Shiro Show. If you if you joined us, <laughs> you don't get that one. If you joined that, us, like a... did you get the hmm. Discord link fixed? Somebody said that they couldn't get into the Discord. I put, I put it in the chat. All right, cool. Yeah, that should be good. If you guys have problems with that, I don't know. Um, that's the latest and greatest. Problem. But yeah, so uh, we're streaming a Dreamcast game today. Um, we've got Derek, A-Team, in the chat. He's going to be going through it with us, um, and that's super, super exciting. Uh, we so, also got the C Nguyen in the chat. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a few people, right? Last I checked. Yeah, got those two guys chilling cool. out. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, let's bring up our browser and let's uh, get into the news. Let's do, do we got, this. Do we also, got Nick? Uh, no. We don't have Nick. Oh, okay. No. All right. Well, then I will. It's a big uh, sad. Let's see. I guess we'll just tag team this. Parodia. So like we started off Saturn Day this the past this past Saturn Day with an mm-hmm. excellent drop from Pandemonium, our fellow Shiro Nick. Who uh, he did an almost almost an hour long video on Parodius, the canceled but almost released game for uh, for Sega Saturn. It was released in PAL territories. It was released in Japan. Uh, it was f- pretty much localized, and um, it seems like you know this this video. There's just so much to say about this video that he dropped. First of all, there's so many nuggets from uh, from like the old forums and stuff. You know the old uh, the old Usenet posts. You know. And um, he even got a post in there from, uh, who is it? From, uh, what was it? Ireland? He, he got a post from Ireland in there. Uh, Vic, Vic Ireland? Ireland? Vic Ireland, yeah. And uh, Wow, he actually commented on the video? He, no, Vic Ireland, he made a oh. Usenet post. Yeah, it was in the video. And uh, I was just shocked that, you know, there was like, there was a bunch of people talking about it back then. And um, I always love it when he like digs up all these old posts to talk about, um, you know, the historical context of this. So basically there was like a recoloring of the of the eagle because there was like an eagle in there that uh, that I guess he thought might be offensive. And that's possibly why they canceled it. Nobody really knows. But that's, you know. The best, uh, the best evidence we have to go off of. But anyway, if you guys haven't checked out this video, uh, this is just simply a plug to tell you guys you need to go take the time and uh, make time for this video. It's it's awesome. Nick did a really good job, and uh, it deserves it not views. Twice, but thrice. <laughs> yeah, I, I've already watched it three good. times, and every time I watch it, I learn something a little, a little new. So yeah, definitely, but it's all good. I mean, Nick wrote this next article, but. Um, you want to go ahead and take this one since he's not here? Yeah, so, yeah, so I can I can do that. Uh, so I guess for you that don't know, the last Virtual Fighter game that was actually released was Virtual Fighter Five on the PS3, which I think was I think it's '06 or '08 or something between those two years. So it's been quite a while, and uh, <clears throat> fans like myself pretty much uh, believe the game is dead, as in deader than a doornail. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I actually played Virtual Fighter 5 and I actually did not care for it too much. I don't know, maybe it was just me, but like the con- the controls were kind of weird. But and like I don't know, some of the responses on there, but maybe I just need to like learn to get good on it. But anyways, uh they actually uh they actually 
uh, announced that the Korea uh, Korea rated the Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown version for the PS4, which I think is pretty cool. I know they announced the a Virtual Fighter 5 competitive project, so uh, we everyone assumed it was a new game or something like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, this might be what that is though. It's just a Ultimate Edition for PS4, or it could also potentially mean that this could be like a holdover until they get the Virtual Fighter 6 out. But uh, we don't know. Yeah, frankly, don't know, but it's interesting. So uh, I'm I'm kind of interested in play it, kind of interested in playing it again, and maybe with a a competitive online, I'll get like motivation to get good at it, and <laughs> I'll learn how to get good and not be garbage at it. Yeah, I I agree with uh, Doctor Spod that v, VF2 is the is the VF for me. I'm not like I'm not a big into Virtual Fighter. When uh, when 3TB came out for the Dreamcast, that kind of like turned me off to it. And then it's like I I, mm. I would see it in the arcades and be you know wowed by the graphics and stuff. But I never really got back into it. It's honestly like a thinking man's fighter. Like I I admit that it's way I'm it's way out of my depth or what I'm or I'm way out of my depth when I'm trying to play Virtual Fighter because you really you can get deep deep into like the move sets and stuff like that and how how to block and how to uh and how to attack it's just mm-hmm. not i'm like a button masher when it comes i'm like i you know i hate to say it but i did really well at tekken <laughs> like tekken 3 mm-hmm. me and my brother would play that a lot and uh as and, and dead or alive even you know dead or alive is is an awesome and fun game um and I mean, I, it's, it's all about the, uh, it's about those combos, dude. You gotta learn. Seriously. I mean, I acknowledge how good. great I acknowledge that it's a great franchise, but it's just beyond me. You know, it's always been one be of honest, those games. Actually, if you really want a good virtual fighter experience, you should play, uh, definitely play uh, dead or live because they have more virtual fighters in there than any game in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like the newer dead, dead or alive. Yeah, or I think the last one had Akira in it. I can't remember if Jack... I think Jackie might have been in, in the latest one, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, but uh, SSG said DOA's top cheerio. Yeah. And I agree. I'm also garbage at that one. My, my game is Smash Brothers, sadly, so... Oh, I'm man, cursed that's... with being a great Smash Brothers player. Uh, Melee? Brawl? Uh, the latest uh, one? Uh, Sm- Smash 4 and Smash 5. Got it, got it. I was big into melee back on my GameCube and uh, did play some brawl on the Wii, but like I haven't been into Smash for years. <laughs> yeah, and I know Nick. Nick is big into it as well, so we'll have to have a a Shiro celebrity, uh, like a celebrity uh, Smash match. Yeah, it'll be me and Nick versus a bunch of other people, and we'll see how far we can get. Dude, that would be awesome. It's All cool right, for sure. But yeah. Well, um, Peter, was this Peter's post or, or was it you? Uh, no, it was Peter's post. It was Peter's post. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Steam Hearts. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, it's it's the it's the the be- the best titty shoot 'em up or, or tit 'em up. <laughs> Actually, I think somebody commented that best titty shoot 'em up on the Saturn. Yeah, and, I stole um, that. Shouts out, stealing your comments. Imagine if you could cure the the C virus that we're dealing with this way. You know, like. I think I think when uh, when we went on lockdown, people got really horny anyway. <laughs> you know? This is getting this is getting demonetized. This is getting demonetized real fast, guys. This is not monetized, okay? Like we're we're doing this out yeah. of the. This is a passion project, okay? We're not making any money off of this. So sue me, YouTube. No, but seriously, Steam Hearts is weird. I'm not gonna lie, like. It kind of takes me out of the whole, like, it's a great shooter, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not the best shooter on Saturn, but it's like, you're playing these shooting levels, and then you're watching, like, a hentai, and I'm just like, 
I don't know why, but I feel really weird right now. <laughs> like, it's just uh, two totally different mindsets. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I mean, you could do the same thing. Just get pull up a game of Gradius, and every time you die or beat a level, just watch, like, five minutes of a hentai or something. Right. But I, I think the funniest thing is on the, on the TurboGrafx-16, it's uncensored, and on the Saturn one, they actually remove the nipples. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. Like they don't like well, do, they just like remove the nipples. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, no, I get it. It's a form of censorship. It's so it's like I mean, it's still pretty racy, but um but that's the thing. It, it's like I guess Saturn is much more mainstream than than even the PC engine. Is that fair to say? I mean, I guess the PC engine was huge in Japan. But yeah, uh, to be fair, they they were both pretty well known the PC Engine and the Saturn in Japan, but in the US there was like mm -mm. Yeah, it just seems like you always get the you always get the uncensored games on like the really um obscure consoles, you know? Mm -hmm. Like you go PC 98 or whatever uh, and there's you're no censoring. You literally just getting it's literally just porn games like it's all just the games flat are out. legit. Exactly. It's legit Toho and porn porn games is the genre of that of that uh anyway. system, so I think K is in the chat. It, this would definitely be a red label game. I'm thinking, right? In Japan, like it, no uh, yellow label yeah. for this. Absolutely red label. Okay, so red yeah, label. Red you got to go to the back is, of the store, the past the curtain to get to this. <laughs> but what did you think of the game itself? Like, did you enjoy playing it? Did you? That's that's enjoy the thing. Is I playing? I do. Yeah, it? I I do enjoy. I do enjoy the shoot 'em up. Okay, I like Batsugan better, right? If I'm being honest, like yeah. I would I would just go I would just play Batsugan first, you know, or I'd play any of the any of the uh Dodonpats uh uh games yeah. or Don you know Pot, yeah. yeah, Donpach. Uh so this wouldn't be my go-to, but it's definitely one of those curiosities. I don't own a physical copy. I've burned it to a disc, you know, and pro and I will eventually get it on my satiator. Um but yeah, in the meantime, it's just one of those curiosities, one of those games that I think we had to play back when we were recording a pod, an earlier podcast, and um, that was one of the first yeah, times. Part of the vertical shoot 'em ups. Yeah, vertical shoot 'em ups, and I remember at that time just thinking, "Wow, this is really weird. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm just not in the mood <laughs> like, <laughs> to to be watching this stuff right now. Like, I, I just want to get into another you shooter. Kid, you like have you have one leg on the door so your kids don't walk in, the other on the." Yeah, controller, and then and then like a hand somewhere else. Yeah, or so my wife doesn't come up and be like, "What the hell are you?" <laughs> anyway. I, I, like, I like the one comment so I put one-handed shmup. Yeah. Oh my god, that's terrible, that Pat. Like that's terrible. <laughs> it's, I didn't say it. It was somebody else. Oh, it was somebody else. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, if you guys uh, want to check out an interesting game, Steam Hearts. Uh, uh, that's no, my review. It is interesting. interesting. Don't play this one. No, I mean it's interesting. The whole premise is interesting. <laughs> and aren't they like weird. brother and sister? I think they're like brother and um, sister. I don't know, but if that's the case, then it just got a whole lot weirder. Yeah, I think that's what Peter said. Uh, gross. Well, anyway, so moving on. Uh, this is much less controversial. Well, <laughs> I'm going to let you take this one, Pat. All right, so uh, so basically, uh, Forever Entertainment, our friends who did the Pen's Dragoon uh, remake and currently work on Pen's Dragoon's Vi, announced that, that they are working on a House of the Dead uh, remake on the uh, Switch. 
Uh, I think it's only the Switch for now. They might do more ports. Mm-hmm. But it was announced that the I think there was the Nendy showcase, Nintendo uh, Independent showcased. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it's it's basically I wouldn't say I don't know if it's going to be a one to one. Obviously, they it sounds like they've got different voice acting, probably a little bit better. I would hope, at least, but right. uh, <clears throat> just as cheesy, and I think it's probably the first House of the Dead game in almost like ten years, almost at least on a home console. I know they've done some arcade ones, but right. I don't think they, the last ones they really did was House of the Dead, like on the Wii, the Wii, I believe. And no, the, yeah, House of the Dead Wii and the Overkill. <clears throat> I think they did have like a four or five in the arcades though, but uh, yeah, it's real exciting stuff. I'm curious how they're going to use the sw- the Joy-Con to uh, use like a light gun. That'd be kind of cool if they could do something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, they had this weird sound effect. I don't know if you watch the trailer. It was like a casino noises or something. Yeah. Like, it was really annoying. Yeah. It's like I hope they don't add that because that's like it's like I'm not. Pl- I guess maybe it's the it's the if you're actually playing an arcade like the p- the pachinko noises and the other arcade noises. Yeah, I noticed that, and I'm I don't know if we should play. I'm not. I'm not going to bother playing the uh, the YouTube video here on the show. But I mean, you guys can go check it out yourself. It's linked yeah. in. The audio played through on the last one, so if you ever want to show it, you could. It did. I don't. Well, I just didn't know if there's any legal issues with us doing that. I. I, I mean, mean it's, we it's could. A public trailer. Yeah, we can give it give it a shot here. And give it our commentary, just like full screen it or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see here. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> it like moved it over. Lol. I don't think I'm supposed to do that. I'll just keep yeah. it like that. It's covering you up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're reaction video. We're gonna do the bases. So get ready, guys. Is the audio coming through? Uh, not for me, but I imagine it's coming through for everyone else. All right. Yeah, we need to start screaming, making dumb faces. Uh, but yeah, it's this weird pachinko sound. I don't know why they're adding that in there. It's weird, but I do like the voice acting. That's pretty cool. I'll be quiet. I didn't think you could make it this far. However, this is it. Let's see how good you really are. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the... Yeah. So anyway, I'm um, I'm just excited that they're doing a remake of the original House of the House of the Dead, you know, because it yeah. seems like it's always, uh, yeah, the voice acting is really good, and um, that's that's one of the best things. I'm glad that they got a good voice actor for it. So yeah, it'll be interesting I mean, to see how they implement cheesy, the the shooting. I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down for cheesy. Um, did you ever play like the Did you ever play the House of the Dead games on the Wii? The uh, yeah, I played ones I play with all the language. Three. Oh, was oh, it? Overkill? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was, like, Overkill. Overkill. Five yeah, that one was crazy. I was like, I went to play it with my son, and I was like, holy crap, I cannot play this with my son. Like, we got yeah. we got a few minutes in, and I was just like, okay, yeah, there's no way I'm playing this with my son. Too many naughty words. Yeah, but I did I did end up playing with another friend, and it was it was a blast. So yeah, yeah. I used to pl- I used to play one and two in the arcades all the time, and actually, this is actually House of the Two is actually the the first. One of the first Dreamcast games I got when I got the system on Christmas '99. Yeah, like it was that game and Sonic Adventure. Those are my two favorite games of all time, and oh. even though they're my only two games for the longest time, 
I played the heck out of them. Like, like I must have beat House of the Dead 2 so many times. So many cheats, like the... I think the grenade launcher is my favorite. But I hope they have stuff like that in the game where you can, like, get the bonuses, like the like the, the giant bullet blow or, like, the grenade launcher or the shotgun. Yeah. And, like, the costumes. But we'll see. Um, it looks like the controls, at least, are using, like, the... You know how, like, if you don't have a controller plugged in, it has the reticle? Right. Yeah. Probably one of those things, but I hope they implement the switch controller where it like actually aims. That'd be yeah. kind of cool, at least to me. That would be cool. That would be cool. And maybe, uh, maybe Peter can uh, get a get Benjamin Anzme for another interview or something. That would be cool if he could. Uh, I'd be down. Yeah, that would be awesome. Did you play a lot of House of the Dead in the arcades? I played a ton of House of the Dead. Like, so there was a movie theater I used to go to, um, and it was like the main, it was like the the big movie theater in Reno that I used to go to, and there was always mm-hmm. a House of the Dead machine, and there was a, a, a Die Hard arcade machine, and those two, it was like, I would, I would get there like 45 minutes, an hour early before the movie just to play those games before I'd go in, you know? So yeah, that, that's pretty much... House of the Dead 1 or 2? Oh, I, I prefer the original one. I mean, and believe me, uh, it's because of the arcade experience. Because I mostly played House of the Dead 2 on the Dreamcast, right? Um, mm-hmm. By that time, I wasn't really... I mean, like, let's be honest. By the time the Dreamcast dropped, I really stopped going to the arcade nearly as much because the Dreamcast mm-hmm. really was, like, the arcade at home, you know? I mean, I know the Naomi's a little bit more powerful, but um, it basically felt like the dream, the arcade had finally come home. So... Playing playing the Dreamcast at home, I just didn't go to the arcade as much. But House of the Dead One, I played a ton of that in the arcade, and so I have really fond memories of that. So yeah, definitely House of, uh, House of the Dead One for me. And I didn't really play it much on the Saturn back in the day. It was really only until much later that I played it on the Saturn, and and I agree that it that you know doesn't really live up to the arcade, but I still like it. Yeah, it's it's fun just to have that home House of the Dead experience. So yeah, I mean. That's pretty cool. I like Sam's in the chat saying he's trying to start stuff saying, oh, hopefully the game's a better release than the Panzer Dragoon remake, period. Yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully they hopefully they do actually take a little bit of, uh, you know, from that experience, you know, because, uh, you know, the whole pandemic started and it's like they they released it early. And I almost kind of feel like they jumped the gun on that. Maybe maybe on purpose just to give folks something, you know, to. So they, mm-hmm. maybe they just figured like this is a good time to release a game because everybody's locked up at home you know and and uh i think we all kind of agree that it wasn't truly finished and so that initial impression was really hard to get past from for a lot of folks you know even even subsequently now it's like you can only make a first impression once you know so hopefully they yeah. really take their time on this and they just get it to where it feels right and then release it and then it'll be perfect you know it won't be like a rushed launch kind of thing or anything yeah i actually didn't really mind the the first iteration of it it wasn't a bad game right i mean i played a couple times it was pretty good for what it was but i also didn't i don't know the ins and outs of the the problem, original panzer sure i but the problem is nobody's going to take it on its own merits everybody's going to be comparing it to the original and the same is going to go for this too it's like yes it's been a, if it's an original ip people are just going to take it on its own merits and but but it's impossible to ask anybody not to compare it to the original uh so yeah you know i think that I, I just think that that's it's people are not able to be unbiased in this case if they've played the original and they have fond memories of it they're really going to want them to do justice and they're going to want the controls and um everything to just feel as good or better you know rather than but anyway that's that's just me i you know we're living in the days we're living in the times of of 
update patches, unfortunately. And that's just how things work today. Um, it's not like you have one chance to get it right, you know, um, minus code revisions, you know, di disc code revisions, which were rare. But, uh, but you know, you, it's not like you have one chance to get it right and you have to bake that onto a disc and that's it, you know? So it's well, like if, you, if you're on the PS3, you're going to have to. Apparently, a lot <laughs> yeah. of the patch servers are going down for that. So I know, isn't that crazy? Uh, Rip Skyrim. That's that's going to be uh, going to be a mess. Man, yeah, a lot of these games where it's like even if you even if you have a downloaded copy, you don't really own the full game because you're not going to have like all the all the DLC and all the patches and everything like that. Yep, but uh, let's just hope that uh, let's hope the it, they get it pretty good on the first try, which I, I'm hoping they do. Yeah, I think I think that uh, people have the ability to learn from their mistakes, or at least learn from you know learn from previous experience. And so hopefully, you know, with all the feedback they got, that they're going to take that to heart. Fair enough. All right, did you want to move on to your awesome interview with what was it, Walfredo Walfredo Abijon? Right? Abijon, yeah, Walfredo Abijon. So he goes by Miss Salon in um, some of the like in the servers, like Sega Extreme, um, a couple different names. But Walfredo, so I reached out to him about this game, Noah and the Paludis. This is a this is a discarded PC prototype that he developed back in 2016. Um, and I mean, you know, the, I wrote up this article. Basically, this is all him, you know, like I asked the questions, but he really answered everything like so thoroughly. And um, I'm just so thankful for him taking the time to really talk so much about like the Saturn's hardware. Um, so I really want you guys, if you have time and you like to read, <laughs> check this interview out because it's it's a real eye opener and it's just an awesome game that he's working on. But essentially, I like the comments. If you have time and like to read, if you like, to, if you have time and you're not one of those TLDR kind of people. I uh, mean, I thought you were gonna say like if you, if you read. If, if you have time, can read. But I will try. I will try to like put it in a nice little package for you if if you don't want to bother. So basically, um, back in 2015, um, Walfredo or under Rainy Night Creations. Um, so he he he. Well, actually, no. He got started just kind of making games in his free time uh, when he picked up on SDL, which was Simple Direct Media Layer. It's like a two D graphics library, and he was just started out mm -hmm. making like Pac Man clones, but like with with a twist. So he'd make it kind of like Pac Man, like uh, like Solid Snake, where you're like sneaking around the ghosts and stuff like that. So that was kind of interesting, and um, and basically like his fa his favorite developers are um, you know Japanese devs he basically said nintendo any game any nintendo game is a master class in game design and i would agree because mm -hmm. they just nothing's ever good enough you know and they just you know they're always kind of going back to square that's one thing that i really really appreciate about about nintendo games um even as a sega as a diehard sega fan is that they just take so much time filing everything down and polishing everything and just making sure that it's perfect or as close to perfect as possible and so he also mentions the Fumito Ueda games being fresh and innovative, and then Koj anything Kojima before PS3. Uh, oh, wow, which... he really didn't like uh, MGS4, yeah. did he? Yeah, no, I don't think so. But um, and I mean, I know Jeez. that's 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 kind of a point of contention for some folks. But um, 
I mean, I'm the best I, one. I love I love Kojima games. I I, I kind of love all Kojima games, but I can understand what he means. And then um, you know how he formed Rainy Night Creations was just you know that he he was thinking about moving abroad. He just wanted to take the opportunity to start uh, saving up money and learning how to do something that he enjoyed, and possibly um, eventually just quit his day job and start going into game design. So in 2015, he developed a game called Freeze Me, which was like a 3D platformer um under the under the game company rainy night creations and um and uh let's see here so basically freeze me it was released uh it took him three years to create it it was released to kind of fair to middling reviews but it, it got a release on steam and then wii u xbox one and ps4 um he he was scrapping every single build almost every week because there were problems and he was working in uh, unity blender and programming in c sharp um and basically he ran down his money and his time all the all the way till when he released it he only had enough money to survive like another month and then he made Mm. just enough money on the game that he was able to basically because he was working alone um even though it you know had mixed reviews he was basically able to survive enough to to um put money towards his next project um but during that time impressive though yeah it's it is impressive i mean that's that's just how it goes you know like when you're starting off you're going to make a lot of mistakes you know um and but he said you know fortunately when you work alone you don't really need a big hit in order to get enough money for your next project so he took about six months to kind of consolidate everything that he learned to develop um a pc prototype um he developed vaccine and uh noah and the paludis and at that point, he just kind of decided to go with vaccine, and he saved mm-hmm. Noah and the Paludis for for reasons that he explains uh, further down. Um, so he he released vaccine, and that only took him what is he, it only took him six months to create vaccine, and it made like um, way more money. I don't know how it's it made twice as much money as his earlier it's game. Like a Resident Evil game. Yeah, it is actually. Um, he t- he says that it's a survival horror roguelike. So that's it's interesting. It interesting. does kind of like put I'll a twist on. Yeah, it's on Wii U, Steam, PS4, Xbox One. Um, later, it got a Switch port. So, and and so he's really big too on like porting to multiple platforms, which I've noticed mm-hmm. is the case with Noah and the Paludis as well. He's currently working on Innocence Island and plans to release it in 2022. Um, and um, you can check out this. This is not a trailer by any means, but it is just uh, simply like a uh, demonstration. Tech demo, yeah. Yeah, tech demo um it looks really cool one thing i noticed is that he um he's very focused on like visual elements and just like um design philosophy making sure that the the gameplay is varied and that it continues to ask people to do different things you know so that it doesn't get boring um i guess i guess that's you know the biggest tenet for him of good game design is just avoid repetitive gameplay and try to use um you know try to use new uh introduce new challenges new weapons or new items that will uh force the player to solve puzzles in, in new ways um yeah, I have somebody asked is any of these physical or are they all digital releases that that i don't know um i i think I digital i think these are all job. digital yeah he is an independent developer and i think that um you know he didn't have the budget to or or the publishing you know to um none of these had like a publishing de- uh, deal for like a physical who knows N- you never know i mean with companies like uh doing limited runs and stuff like that maybe someday but yeah, again they run games listen up 
Yeah. But I mean, he admits that while he is proud of both projects, neither of them were exactly what he had envisioned. Um, and mm. they were both kind of like, I guess you could say learning experiences, you know, um, and he's Fair taken enough. what he's learned and he's moved on. And um, that's a good thing, you know, so essentially he's he he made this he made this prototype in 2016 of noah and the Paludis um for pc and his original plan was actually to port it to dreamcast and um what he mostly did in this pc port was he got um he got online play using user generated maps and there's a map editor in there but he didn't really work on mm -hmm. fleshing out the story or anything he just and um you guys can watch this um i mean i can i can probably play it here for you this is prototype footage um is it? yeah so you know he had like a really artistic intro and stuff like that wow that shit's really good yeah i'm guessing that's not on saturn though. no but i mean it's it's totally if he does end up doing a dreamcast port it's probably what it'll end up being um i'm just kind of skipping through it And uh, here, I'll show you the map editor. So he's got he's got like a basic map editor, so that um, is, this, is this Saturn hardware? This is PC. So this was the PC okay. prototype, okay? Um, and and like I say, he didn't really have a st much of a story at this point. He was really just focusing on mechanics, map editing, um, online features, you know, to get get this like working online multiplayer. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that stopped. Um, and uh you know then he went on to work on vaccine and then um you know what actually happened was a couple years ago he saw um he saw what it was like a tutorial for playstation someone was showing a tutorial for you know getting graphics up and running on playstation and mm -hmm. it was at that point that he thought you know i never even though i love retro consoles i never really thought about making a game for retro consoles so he followed the tutorial and he put together a um he put together a version of that for playstation right here i'll show some footage of that so it was a basic um one you know once he followed all the tutorials and got the graphics up and running on playstation he just built out this tiny little level where noah would basically run around and collect things and um this is all using the playstation's you know gte and um so this is this is on playstation right here but um but again, this is a, this is a, he, you know, he's a professional game designer. He works for himself. He's self-employed. So he doesn't have a whole lot of time to devote to uh, independent game design or home, homebrew development. Cause it's not going to pay the bills, you know? Um, and any time he spends on this is basically stealing from, you know, his income and livelihood. So he can only mm -hmm. really work on it in little bits. And then I guess um, the impetus for putting it on Saturn was just that, um, he kind of wanted to, he wanted a greater challenge. If he was going to do something, if he was going to do a project, he wanted a greater challenge. And he wanted to be able to take everything that he learns on Saturn and kind of roll it back into, uh, and take all that experience and roll it back into like the PlayStation version and then ultimately a Dreamcast port. So he does, mm -hmm. same as his other games, he plans on making this multi-platform. Uh, and he said he even had it running on Nintendo 64 at some point using the official, yeah, he was using the official Nintendo libraries. So he's like, I just decided, I just wanted to see if I could get it to work, uh, but I've stayed away from from that. And he probably will not uh, do a release on Nintendo 64 for that reason. But uh, but basically he describes it as a Super Mario 64 meets Pokemon meets Tamagotchi. 
And so, uh-huh. yeah, so basically you are this robot, Noah, and there's an imminent threat of a meteorite that's going to strike um, this planet. And the proximity of this meteorite is causing all of the inhabitant robots to malfunction and attack you. So hmm. you're actually supposed to save them. They're, they're the victims and you're supposed to save them, but they're also your enemies and they're trying to attack you, but you can't kill them because they're, they're technically innocent. Um, so you have to jump on their heads and acquire and basically absorb them. Um, and you kind of so like, then, then kill them then. Well, you just kind of like hold on to them, I guess. You stun them and um, hold on to them, and then you gain their abilities. Is what happens is um, by you know you have three slots in your backpack: the Y button, I think it is, yeah, the Y, the B, and the C. And um, during the game, you can swap between these abilities uh, to to gain new abilities. So he mentions that you know you can jump on a on a blue dude with spiky hair and go faster. <laughs> <laughs> like there's oh, a door weird. there's a door that you can't make it through because it keeps shutting in your face because you're too slow but if you acquire this uh this robot's abilities then you can then you can make it through that door or like there's a there's an orange robot wearing uh wearing jeans blue jeans imagine crash <laughs> and um he allows you to destroy crates that are blocking your path that you couldn't destroy before so again, he's very focusing, focusing very much on like um, puzzles and just um, making uh, intuitive and innovative game design. Um, I will show folks real quick the latest build on Saturn. We'll just skip ahead. I um, posted this on. Oh, and he's using Ponuts. He's using um, Libyol by um, Mark of the Wolves. Um, and he's using Pwn Sound by Ponut64. So he's using open libraries for this. It's really cool how the intro sequence is kind of seamless from where you select your game and select the level and then kind of get just dropped in. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. So basically, all of these pickups right here are fuel, and you need a certain amount of fuel to be able to fly to the next planet. So it is kind important to be of a... Kind of reminds me of a, a Pikmin. Pikmin? Yeah, like, um, Pikmin is a good example. Any, of any like, classic 3D platformer, honestly, there's, like, some Gek, you know, Gek 64 or whatever, and there, you, you could... Uh, Spyro, you know, there's, like... It's reminiscent of that kind of stuff, you know? But anyway, sorry if that was if the audio there was really loud. Um, also, it's you know, cool. I he, need ears. he gets into how are we doing on time? We do, we have a little bit more. You know, he gets into the hardware too. Just talking about yeah, how we got, to, we got twenty minutes. Okay, so um, just to just to wrap this up, um, you know, he he does talk a lot about the Saturn hardware. You know, I basically asked him. You know, there's a lot of things that have been said over the year about the Saturn hardware, complicated architecture, poor documentation and tools, loads of untapped potential. And what he basically goes on to say is that, you know, essentially uh, developers like to think of the Saturn as having the five elements, basically two SH2s, a DSP, and then the two VDPs. And that mm-hmm. uh, that theoretically you can get them all working together in harmony to create like a stunning game games and games that are, you know, theoretically can push the boundaries beyond what the what the competitors could do. But in reality, that's just 
next to impossible because they're all fighting for resources all the time. You know, they're using the same bus. So there are contention issues. And so he said a good analogy is having like three meals to feed to share between five people. Um, if you only feed two of them, they won't be able to eat it all. And if you attempt to feed all five, there won't be enough food for all of them. But if you just try to feed three, that won't be ideal either because often some components are hungrier than the others and they, you know, getting the timing right, you know, is, is very difficult. So he was just saying, you know, in practice, it's just really hard to try to utilize the entire architecture. Um, and so his philosophy is just to kind of minimize and just not even use. Um, he said he doesn't use the DSP at all. And I don't think he uses um, VDP2. Yeah, so he doesn't even use the DSP or VDP2 at all. Um, right now, the game is only running on a single SH2. And he says um, it's about 17 to 18 frames per second, but 30 frames per second will be possible once he's able to get onto a second SH2. And that's going to happen when Fenrir releases a firmware update for that Wi-Fi module so that he can quickly send um, builds back and forth to his Saturn. Because right now he's basically saying burning uh, using emulators isn't exactly... You know, it's 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 a good overall picture, but it isn't exactly uh, you know. It can't beat the beat the real hardware. Testing. It can't be real hardware. It's not going to tell you exactly what's going to happen once you get it on real hardware. And then also, you know, when it comes to burning CDs, every time you change a line of code and you want to see if there's an improvement, you can't just be burning a CD every time, right? You know, so it's I just going to differ. Well, really, the you know the the Fenrir Wi-Fi module is going to be huge for this, and I've heard I've heard Knight of Dragon talking about this. I, I can see why uh, developers are excited about that because he's like, I'm going to be first in line for that when it drops because it's going to just change his workflow. Um, you know, he shouts a lot of the folks in the Sega Extreme forums. You know, like XL2, Ponut. Uh, VBT, you know, um, and, you know, just to round this up, I, you know, I asked him, what does he think of the future of Saturn homebrew and the homebrew community? And, you know, he had nice things to say. He said of, he lurks in most of the homebrew communities uh, on several different consoles and, and the Saturn community seems to be one of the healthier and more inviting, uh, welcoming communities out there. And that there's a lot of knowledgeable people uh, that love to help out, such as XL2, Ponut, Mark of the Wolves, uh, Fafling, etc. He says it's the only homebrew community where BBT is present. Wink, wink. Um, mm-hmm. In addition to the emulators getting better and accurate, uh, there's several SDKs to choose from and a plethora of hardware to help you get homebrew projects up and running easily. So um, it's only going to get better uh, moving forward. So it's just really exciting. Um, I'm really, really uh, great, and I put all of his uh, contact info and developer info for you guys. Awards that he's that he's gotten. So um, good stuff, and thank you so much, uh, Walfredo, for just being so um, you know, just uh, being so thorough in your answers. Yeah, and just giving us so much information because this was an excellent read for me. If I, and, and I I read through this a few times because I was just like absorbing everything you said. So definitely excited about this game. Uh, he did say, just realize that this is very much a work in progress. He wants to release something that's polished. And he said that a demo build might be possible by the end of summer. And if so, it would obviously be dropping on Sega Extreme. But that, you know, he can only work on this in little tiny bits, you know, because it just, it you know, it's not his day job, right? So hopefully, you know, he gets a, a Patreon up and running and we can all just uh, throw a few dollars in his direction, you know, to help him exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. 
which he said he, he might get on. He doesn't have a Patreon right now, but he's trying to trying to get one up and running soon. He's but yeah, let's move on to this because this is pretty cool. And you just posted this, right? Yeah, um, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, Laced Records is a company that uh, essentially releases uh, mostly video game soundtracks. So they did Res- the Resident Evil games. They did uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter Three. They did um, who's the one I have list there? Uh, Mega the Mega Man uh, X and the regular series, like a, a box set. And recently they've been teasing like fists and stuff like from uh, from Street Fighter, and we were all anticipating it, but they found out. That uh, Street Fighter Alpha One and Two's uh, soundtrack is going to be up for pre-order on vinyl. So awesome. uh, I guess for people that don't know that uh, video game vinyl collecting has really blown up in the last probably six years or so, with like more and more companies releasing it. Like they ha- and they have big titles too. Like they have uh, Panzer Dragoon One. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, Metal Slug, um, Sonic uh, Sonic Adventure One and Two. Sonic CD and among, and among other other ones. Uh, the only thing that's really absent is like Nintendo records. So yeah. if you're l- hoping to get some Nintendo stuff, uh, you'd have to get some boots, if you know what I mean, yeah. to be able to buy some. But uh, uh, essentially, uh, they're gonna uh, they're up for pre-order right now. Um, I can't remember what the price was. I think it was a, I think it was like a thirty bucks or so for each. Yeah, let's see so, here. I believe so. You can check the check the 35. price. Thirty five. Thirty five. Worth it. I don't know why I didn't put the price. No, yeah, it's fine. They, oh, they got some Resident Evil too here, dude. Yeah, I love Resident these Evil. color. I love these like cloudy pink and cloudy blue vinyls though. These look awesome. Yeah, it actually is Good cool because they actually repressed that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm a I huge think... Street Fighter Alpha two fan, so I'm 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 going for the blue. Yeah, I think I might I might have to get those two. I'm I kind of dedicated to get a bunch of stuff on from Saturn on vinyl, so I think that's one two of the records I need to get. Yeah, you've got you've got a huge collection. I I admire uh, your dedication to that. I don't have the expendable income anymore, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You're you're still a little younger than me, and uh, you, if if anybody's gonna do it, I just say I live vicariously through Pat. But I always want to see what you get, you know, because like. You just bought like a you just bought like a two hundred dollar standee for your Dreamcast thing, you know, and I was jealous because it was a it was a Fantasy Star online thing, and I was like, oh my god, if I was if I was like ten years younger, I'd be I'd be spending my money on that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just gotta enjoy it while I can. You gotta uh, enjoy it while you can, and I'm just gonna, like I said, I'm just gonna live vicariously. But you gotta be sure to share all that cool stuff with us. We you know what I I realized we need to do like a show and tell sometime. Where we just like show some of the cool pickups, because I do I do have some good stuff. I've been I've been digging into uh, retro magazines lately, um, because it's pretty yeah. pretty cheap to collect now, but they won't be for long, you know. So for real, yeah. I I started doing I want to do the Dreamcast set, mm-hmm. but nobody really like sells them. I don't, I have think the I only have one other copy, which is a Dead or Alive one, but I have the, the magazine first issue of uh, the Dreamcast magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Those things are. Yeah, um, Dreamcast Magazine was a good one too. I mean, not yeah, not but... all magazines are created equal either. Like some of them are pretty bad. <laughs> Peter and I were talking about this the other day, but yeah, I still remember my favorite ad from that is a uh, there was an ad for the Dreamcast and it was a picture of this guy that got a furry sorry, a Furby and it was mega disappointed and like it shows some other guy the Dreamcast that's like his eyes were popping out. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. I think I remember uh, but... that one. Yeah. 
He was like oh, all no. disappointed. My Dreamcast uh, controller they, uh, fell. And the the, VM, the VMUs popped out. That's not good. Oof. It, it, it must be a message. It's like... There you go. Uh-oh. Did your Dreamcast just break? I hear the squeaking noise. No, no, no. I popped the VMUs back in, and, and it made the little classic beep. Beep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Well, my camera. To... My camera. <laughs> Dang it. You touched it again, Dave. I, I did. touching the wire. I, I realize that now. I touched the wire, and that just totally you warped be careful. it. It's like, it's like, uh, okay. it's like, I don't know. Where they did, where did they fuse bombs on? I don't know what movie. Webcam. I don't know. Anyone in the chat knows the movies that they disarm bombs and let me know. I was gonna say speed, but well, yeah, speed. Speed is. Did they disarm a bus a bomb there? They didn't disarm a bus. I, I think they the disarmed a bomb. Yeah. I want to touch oh, this you without. Disappeared. Did I disappear? Well, you're back now. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on a bit of a delay, but uh, yeah. The, the, I think what I was going to say, though, is uh, speaking of that and good stuff, I actually just picked up the Sakura Wars Dreamcast. I don't know if you... I think... I'm pretty sure you saw that, the uh, the Sakura Wars Dreamcast I got. Oh, yeah. That thing was awesome. I mean, that was crisp. Yeah. You had it in brand new condition, basically, in all the wrappers and everything. Yeah, I'll see if I can get it real quick. It's actually right next to me, so... Mike, you want to get the breaking the mic but uh but yeah i just got the unravel this a little bit right here show and tell right now baby yeah uh, the sakura wars dreamcast oh it's really bright uh Ooh, yeah it is really bright uh hold on let me get so the bright. let me get the web page down real quick so that uh yeah, I'll, I'll put it in this corner but you can see it like a little thing it well has a little I, it's not right on there. the screen right now there you go there you go nice yeah it has the, the cool logo on it yeah and i got the, the vmu with it that has a little Oh yeah, it's got the brand. It's got the the logo on it and everything. Yeah, cool. it's it's really cool because it's a it's nice and clean, no yellowing on it, and it's uh it's really cool. I think it's uh there's actually two different versions of it, the controller in the VMU. Yeah, where it actually has this Core Wars logo on it. This one's actually I think the company. Mm-hmm. I exactly don't know what the name of that is. Also, my thing fell over. Your thing fell over. The illusion is ruined. The illusion is ruined. No, you were you were good. You were still good. <laughs> the illusion is ruined. Okay. But yeah. Okay, there we go. Best I can do. There we go. Illusion has been fixed, guys. There's no chair. There's never been a chair. Uh, but yeah, no, I really thought it was cool that I that I picked that up, and it was pretty cheap too. I got it for like three twenty five when it usually goes for over seven hundred in that condition. Yeah. That's uh yeah. that is a good deal. I mean that's still that's still money, but that is that is actually a good deal, you know. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is it getting yellowed. Oh but really? I don't the know pink what causes it. Is it painted or is it actually pink plastic? I think it's pink plastic because there's like images online of a bunch of those getting yellowed so badly. Yeah. I just don't know what causes it because like I have Dreamcast that like have no yellowing and I have some with massive yellowing. Well, it might but have to one... do it might have to do with the p plastic chemistry because I've heard that uh, there's like a certain chemical. I don't remember if it's like bromine or I, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about precisely, yeah. but I know that there are certain quantities of chemicals in certain plastics that cause them to be flame retardant. Um, and, and they also give them other properties. Um, maybe they make them uh, heat resistant and stuff like that. So 
uh, or maybe they're designed to just keep them from getting brittle. But it's like those those quantities of chemicals in the plastics can definitely cause them to oxidize faster or whatever. James uh, in the Discord server, uh, James of Mercia, am I saying that right? He's he's huge yeah. modder in the UK, buys up huge lots of consoles, and he does the whole retro writing thing. Um, and it seems like he does a good job at it. I don't really know. Like, I wouldn't be putting my console out in the sun because the sun is just brutal. But I can understand doing it in the box with the LED lights, you know, the the, yeah. the ultraviolet I, I think the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing, though, is that a lot of the times it will come back over time. Yeah, so, like, I guess. It won't be like a temporary fix. That's sort of what I'm worried about because I, wouldn't I be have wo- that, the candy cap and I yeah. want to retrobrite that. Like, I wouldn't be worried about it coming back if it just means you need to do another retrobite. I would be worried about it compromising the integrity of the plastic. Like if it causes the plastic to become more brittle, then I'm then I'm wor- I would be worried about that. And I like my Dreamcast is nice and yellow and I don't care. I mean, it's not like cigarette smoker yellow, but it's yellow. <laughs> you know. Is that is that your old cigarette smoking days, Dave? That's the yeah, my non-existent cigarette, cigarette smoking, smoking days. Oh, I don't want to touch my camera. See, now my the controller cable is like so close to my camera cable, and I I don't want to mess so with that. Close, you like you like get frozen in time, like Dio. Well, can you can you unmute? Uh, can you unmute Derek so we can have him join us and I mean, talk he about? Be unmute. He oh, he's unmute unmuted. Okay. I'm yeah. right here. Hello, You're right hello. there. Hey, the man of the hour. Uh, yeah, you know I'm gonna switch over to our gameplay setup. 